Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Uh, we all got concerns about our education system. Uh, governments, uh, provincial governments, for years, for generations now, spending all kinds of money, throwing money at the education system, trying to improve it. Yet the test scores are still not where they should be. We've got schools that are falling apart. The infrastructure is falling apart. Last week we reported on a story where there was a concern about increased violence in classrooms uh, because of uh, poor resources to uh, deal with certain situations. Well, what's the solution? Well, the Center, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives has a solution. They've come up with a series of recommendations that uh, might just improve the uh, the standard of education here in the province of Ontario and even the buildings in which it happens. Erica Shaker is uh, with the Centre for uh, Policy Alternatives uh, for Education and Outreach, and uh, she joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Morning, Erica. How are you doing today? I'm good, Bill. How are you? Good. I'm frustrated, like most Ontario taxpayers, <laughs> uh, because we, we talk an awful lot on programs like this about our health care system and our education system, and the one thing that we have in common uh, with the two of them, I think, is that uh, it's it's not how much we spend on them, it's where the money's being spent, and that seems to be uh, the frustration. Yeah, but that's not the question that seems to be addressed by government. Well, I think what, what, we've, what we have done um, is we are looking at... Um, sort of rethinking the the questions that need to underpin a funding formula that actually ensures that kids are getting the support they need in schools, that educators and education workers are also being provided with the resources they need to in or, to to ensure that you know kids are getting the education that that works for them, that schools are in good repair, and that they're also being treated like the community anchors they are. Because as I'm I'm sure you would agree, schools are often the the fo- a focal point of neighborhoods and in small small rural communities they're the fo- Local point of an entire town, so that's that's what we're looking at. That's that's the that's what we feel needs to be the starting point for a funding formula that ensures that the correct amount of money is actually going and that kids are getting the the education that they need because that funding is there and is sustainable. But Erica, we we had that red flag waved in front of us before when this this whole series of school closures was happening in cities right across the mm-hmm. province. And and they would they would please say don't do this. This is a community hub. This is where we yeah. meet. This is where our kids have after school programs. And you can't do this to us. Uh, and and the answer from the board of education in every situation was always that's the policy. Not much we can do about it. So why aren't we addressing the policy then? Well, you're correct, and that's exactly what we're saying needs to be done. Is exactly. we need to yeah. address the policy that yeah. you that you get it. Him. You get it. The government doesn't yeah. seem to get it. Well, I think people, I mean, I think that there is a general recognition that we do need a review of the, the current system that is in place, right? And we haven't actually had a fulsome review in 15 years, more than 15 years now, since Rosansky actually took a look at it in 2002 and determined that, in fact, you know, well over a billion, close to $2 billion had been pulled out of the system and recommended that uh, significant money be injected immediately and that more money be injected to immediately address the issue of deferred maintenance. What you what you would had referred to earlier where buildings are actually in poor repair. So we're saying that now is the absolute time to really take them up on that on that recommendation and have a fulsome review. But more to the point, we need to address the underlying issues uh, you know, that, that, that were behind the funding formula in the first place that remain largely unchanged. And in order to do that, we really need to take the dollar away from the center and, and put the child back in the center and say, what does, a ki- what does a child, what does a student need in order to succeed? What do they need to succeed from an educational basis, but also from a social basis too? But we have 
have a problem here in Ontario, and, and it's a mm-hmm. philosophical problem that I've been talking about on the program for the longest time right now. We have an aversion to paying taxes. I mean, nobody likes taxes. I'm a taxpayer, you're a taxpayer. But we have politicians in our faces, well, right now, because there's a provincial election coming up, that are Mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to lower your taxes, lower your taxes. And we as voters don't seem to make the connection that lowering taxes means less service. And, and and that education system is suffering from it. Our healthcare system is suffering from it. And and we're sitting there, we saved, hey, I saved 40 cents on my paycheck this week. But, you know, your kid may not have a resource teacher at school when they go there next week. But, hey, that's okay. Uh, we don't seem to make that connection. No, you're right. And I think we need to get much better at making the connection. But you also indicated, and you're absolutely right, that parents are aware of what's going on on the ground because they, they speak to their kids, right? They, they know what's going on in the classroom, that, you know, educators know um, when they are, are trying to the best of their ability to meet the needs of those children with resources that, that are inadequate or simply not present. Um, and so I think we actually do need to be talking about this in a much more systematic way um, and making those connections. And it's interesting, you know, I mean, parents... You're, you know, you, you, you raise the point that people don't like to, you know, <laughs> that, that they, they seem to get all sort of dreamy-eyed when someone, you know, dangles a tax cut in front of them. But the fact of the matter is tax cuts mean service cuts as well and, and resource cuts for kids in classrooms. And parents and parents do understand those connections. Yeah, the and, and, and politicians yeah. will tell you otherwise, but don't believe them. I mean, they're trying to get elected. The reality yeah. is, as, as a parent, you know that because you see that happening time and time and you time again. Yeah, it's true. And not, you not only see it happening, you're, you're the one going door to door with your kid to try and raise money and to fundraise and launch, you know, fairly um, elaborate campaigns to actually ensure that, you know, you, you, you have reading materials in your schools, fundraising for libraries, you know, you know user fees at, 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 uh, at school, for high schools. Um, you know, looking at how do you, you know, how do you actually, uh, and, you know, what, where can you raise money to ensure that kids have access to what we would consider when we were younger just part of an education system. Now you actually have to try and raise money for. So parents are actually, you know, finding ways to get that money. The problem is some parents and some communities and some schools are just in a much better position to raise more money than others, not for lack of trying, just because they just don't have those resources. So what happens when you have inadequate public funding at the outset? is that the private funding that some schools are better able to raise um, just reinforces the socioeconomic inequities that exist between students, between schools, and between neighborhoods. So you're just reinforcing problems when you have not enough public funding and not enough efficient public funding at the outset. That's part of the problem we're seeing, too. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.